Hey guys, good day. Welcome to another Aviation Podcast Series. My name is Angela Ninion from Philippine State College of Aeronautics, but you can call me Annie for short. I am your host for today's episode. Before we proceed, I'd like to introduce you my colleagues that will help us to enlighten our chosen topic. Together, we have Kate Nicole Rolla, Ina Advincola, and Jervin Gonzalez. We heard you guys. Because this topic is highly suggested in our comment section, which is the Air Canada Flight 759 that did a taxiway overflight. And in particular, most of the community in our podcast want us to tackle this kind of situation. A lot of reports from different organizations called out this scenario as a almost accident chain in the aviation industry. On the 7th day of July 2017, Air Canada 759, an Airbus A320-211, Canadian registration C-2, FKCK was cleared to land on runway 28R at San Francisco International Airport. However, Flight 7599 up with the parallel taxiway C, where four passenger jets were awaiting clearance to take off from runway 28R. As Flight 759 descended to, to an altitude of 100 feet above ground, it overflew in the first airplane on the taxiway. As it approached the second airliner on the taxiway, Flight 759's crew initiated a go-around as they reached a minimum altitude of 60 feet, passing directly over the second airliner which mere feet before starting to climb. With that background, let's look at that near crash of Earth Canada Flight 759 with Kate Nicorolla Ina Advincola and Jervin Gonzalez. What happened on Air Canada 759? An Air Canada Airbus A320 operating flight ACA 759 had a near miss incident at San Francisco Airport at the beginning of July 2017. When it began landing on the wrong route, where four other aircraft were queuing for takeoff, the final report released on September 25, 2018, by the United States National Transportation Safety Board or NTSB, states that it may have caused the worst aviation accident in history. According to the investigation, the incident was due to the ineffective review of notice to airmen or NOTAM information by the flight crew before the flight and during the approach briefing. The failure was primarily attributed to fatigue by both pilots and the presentation of approach procedure and NOTAM information by Air Canada ADH-2. Flight 759 of Air Canada ADH-2 was cleared to land at San Francisco International Airport on runway 28R, but the aircraft lined up on parallel taxiway C, which had four aircraft awaiting takeoff clearance on it. Air Canada ADH-2 Flight 759 descended below 100 feet above the ground and after overflying the first aircraft on taxiway C initiated a go-around. 
A document previously published by the NTSB claimed that 60 feet was the lowest point to which the plane descended. If both Air Canada ADH-2759 and the A340 Philippine Airlines were aligned on the taxiway, they were a mere foot away from colliding. So here are some of the findings in this incident report. First is none of the following were factors in the incident. Flight crew qualifications, which were in accordance with Canadian and U.S. regulations. Second, flight crew medical conditions. Third is airplane mechanical conditions. And last is airport lighting, which met U.S. regulation. There is also a finding that the first officer did not comply with Air Canada's procedure to tune the instrument landing system frequency for the visual approach, and the captain did not comply with the company procedures to verify the ILS frequency and identifier for the approach, so the crew members could not take advantage of the ILS lateral guidance capability to help ensure proper surface alignment. The third one was the flight crew's failure to manually tune the instrument landing system ILS frequency for the approach occurred because the flight management system bridge visual approach was the only approach in Air Canada's Airbus database that required manual tuning of a navigation frequency. So, the manual tuning of the ILS frequency was not a usual procedure for the crew. The instruction and the approach chart to manually tune the ILS frequency was not consumptuous during the crew's review of the chart. Also, fourth one is the first officer's focus on task inside the cockpit after the airplane passed the final waypoint reduced his opportunity to effectively monitor the approach and recognize that the airplane was not aligned with the intended landing runway. Once the flight crew members perceived lights on the runway, they decided to contact the controller to ask about the lights. However, their query was delayed because of congestion of the tower frequency, which reduced the time available for the crew members to reconcile their confusion about the lights with the controller's confirmation that the runway was clear. Although the use of the line-up and wait procedures during single-person air traffic control operation was not a factor in the incident, the tower controller should have delayed consolidating local and non-local control positions until um, LUAW procedures were no longer needed. Um, if an airplane were to align with a taxiway, an automated airport surface detection equipment alert would assist controllers in identifying, and identifying and preventing a potential taxiway landing as well as a potential collision with aircraft, vehicle, or objects that are positioned along taxiway. In Increased consipicity of runway closure markers, especially those used in parallel runway configuration, could help prevent runway misidentification by flight crew members while on approach to an airport. What's going on guys? This is Jervin D. Gonzalez and let's talk about the incident that happened to Air Canada Flight 759. 
there will be two subjects to point out in this incident, either the no-thumbs or the pilot that causes of this near accident. But before that, allow me to distinguish and go further details with the subject I have mentioned. First, the pilot. It is known to us that human is not a fail-proof, but can be more accurate than any machines. By means of identifying more accurate situation, but given the expectation bias over the runway, the pilot of Air Canada Flight 759 assumed and relayed with his eyesight. I just don't understand that. I could say that pilots were trained to work with limited view. So my point is no thumbs were given to mitigate the case of unclear view of the runway and besides, it is part of its function. They are pilots and these materials like no thumbs are specifically studied right before they can acquire a license. Second, I must take the point of Mr. Robert L. Samuel, the chairman of the National Transportation Safety Board. About the NOTAMs, since he became a pilot of, um, he became a pilot for 24 years as per on my research about this guy, and I firmly believe he had been with reading NOTAMs. And as he concluded that 10 pages of NOTAMs were really a mess and a kind of trash, let's put this in consideration that this code isn't for everyone to read. For God knows whatever reason behind of making this like a computer programmer communication, it can be a factor. This code is that only pilots, ATCs, and other in line of flight operation can understand. Uh, sadly, as it goes through my own analysis and assessment, as I am trying to be fair and neutral with the situation of the investigation, it appears that it was the pilot. It was the pilot to blame about the near accident. And I've come to realize that NOTAMs were modeled after notice to mariners, which advised ship captains of hazards in navigating in high seas. As in air, it advised the pilot or the captain of hazard in navigating um, with unclear view. As I end this podcast, it is best to practice to check 25 nautical miles to either side of your full route of flight to ensure relevant navades, no times are displayed. Once again, thank you for listening. This is Jervin, Jervin D. Gonzalez. Good day.